and welcome to our second episode of the DeVita POW, the Power of Women podcast series. I'm Betsy McCubrey, a group vice president here with The Village, and I have the pleasure of leading the second podcast on cultivating confidence. Before we get to that, I want to take a moment to remind everyone the purpose of this podcast series. In this series, we want to connect with you, leaders of all genders and identities at DeVita, and talk about issues important to women. But I want to be very clear, this podcast is not just for women, it's meant for everyone. Our hope is that the topics we cover are inspirational for all teammates, regardless of gender, place in life, or past experiences. We hope that it inspires you as an individual and as a leader to champion purpose, connection, and belonging, in particular with women leaders and the teammates with whom you work alongside. Now, if you did not catch the first episode in this podcast series, we were joined by board member Barbara DeSore, who spoke with our own Kathleen Waters. And she spoke on the phases of career and the phases of life and how those work together. Barbara is a very inspiring and accomplished leader. So if you did not have a chance to listen to that podcast, I encourage you to go and download it. It is excellent. And that brings us to today and episode two. Today, we'll be discussing confidence and how to cultivate confidence in ourselves and those around us. I am fortunate to be joined by Christina Curtis, who, simply put, is amazing. Christina is the founder of Curtis Leadership Consulting. She specializes in executive coaching, team dynamics and challenges, leadership communication skills and development, and much, much more. Christina is a frequent speaker and writer. She writes routinely for Harvard Business Review, Psychology Today, and for Forbes, and has a unique way of blending science and expertise and experiences, which make for powerful results. She has been a partner and friend with DeVita for a number of years, so she understands the people and culture here, which makes her advice and coaching that much more powerful. I have personally worked with Christina and have been part of many sessions where she has spoken, and I can promise you and attest that she does change lives. So we are very fortunate to have her here with us today to share her thoughts and her wisdom on confidence. Well, with that, let's get started. Christina, thank you for being here. But let's talk a little bit about you, and I'd like to just actually push you right into the deep end of the pool, and I would love to hear if there's ever been a time you struggled with confidence. Yeah, regularly, today even. Um, we all have struggled with confidence at some point. It is a universal human experience. Anytime we're stepping outside of our comfort zone, alarm bells just go off, right? They activate those feelings of doubt and discomfort automatically. But it's important to recognize those alarm bells are not fortune tellers accurately predicting what's to come. They're just neurological responses firing. To me, that was really liberating to know. There's nothing wrong with me when I move out of a confident state it's just myself warning myself that we've exited the safe harbor, so be on alert. There's one time in particular that really shaped how I think about it. I was working in a highly male-dominated industry and was asked to present in front of this room of 120 people, of which there were three women, me being one of them. And so I drove to this conference center in Niagara Falls, and I parked the car, and I stared at this building where I had to go in and make this presentation, and I got in my head. I just started thinking to myself, gosh, what if I screw up? And who am I to be going up in front of this room of experienced business people? And gosh, what are they going to think of me? And I could just feel that negative energy building and building and building. And so I called my mentor, and she reminded me that the career I wanted really required me to step outside of my comfort zone and just grow. And so she said, think of this as like an opportunity to learn. How do you want to show up in front of that room? And then how do you make that happen? Why don't you try that on? And it took some of the significance out of it. 
So I put my headphones on. I was going to say AirPods, but those weren't around back then. I, I put some music on, uh, Eminem's song, The Lose Yourself. I know you know the one from 8 Mile. Easily gets you pumped up. And I got out of the car, and I just started moving around to shift some of that excess nervous energy. And I repeated the first two minutes of that presentation six times so that when the adrenaline kicked in, I knew I'd have muscle memory to lean on. And I was so pumped up and fired up by the time I got through the presentation that someone who I later became close friends with shouted, can I get an amen (laughs) from the back? And people laughed and they clapped. But had I not called my mentor, that presentation could have gone very differently. And that's when I became really clear on the importance of this skill of confidence. Well, I love it. And I, you know, can relate to that feeling of your heart and your throat and you feel like it's going to come out of your chest. But as I was listening to you and your experience on that, it, it sort of came to me on, you know, confidence has many different meanings, perhaps to different folks, um, but it is just one thing. And so how do you describe confidence? What is confidence? It's a skill. I think people think of it as a personality trait, something you're born with or something you're not born with. But science actually shows us that it's something you develop and it ebbs and flows, right? If it was a trait, it would be consistent based on different circumstances or moods. That's why you can show up in one setting or situation anxiously and another feel on top of the world. So it ebbs and flows based on circumstance and sometimes even mood. I think people imagine those who show up as very confidently to be confident all the time, right? It's just like... That's what they are all the time. But I'll tell you, having had the, the unique opportunity of speaking with thousands of people over the past two decades, every single person has a crisis in confidence one time or another. And it's not that highly successful people don't have those moments. They just, they just engage with them differently. Have you ever had a crisis in confidence or felt that? Gosh, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, and I, I certainly want to continue to build my own confidence. I mean, even, even to this day, I'll get into certain meetings with certain folks and you'll be around the table or on your WebEx and something will come up and you'll think, oh, I'm going to respond to that. I've got something to say. And then a moment later, I'm stuck in my own head thinking, well, I don't want to say something that's going to make me sound stupid. Am I going to be off the mark? How is that going to be received? Next thing I know, the moment has completely passed. I have not contributed and it doesn't feel good. And I know that cannot possibly be career enhancing. Um, but it's also something that I sort of feel stuck in, whether it's in that moment or after the fact. And so can you talk a little bit about how confidence can impact your career? Absolutely. And I want to let you know, uh, and the audience to know, it is a human experience, which means what you're describing is something every single person can relate to. I've already had five meetings today and confidence came up in all five of them. It is very much a part of who we are as people that when you put us in an environment where we are being observed by others, we have this like quick moment of what do people think? How are people perceiving me? The problem is when you get stuck in your head, we actually begin to protect ourselves. You move away from like goal-directed behavior to self-protection. And you can feel when someone's walls go up or they retreat, like what you're speaking about where you just didn't share. And in fact, because you feel like you're under threat, your critical thinking skills actually decrease. So prefrontal cortex turns itself down, amygdala turns itself up, and obviously that's not particularly conducive when you're trying to crush it out there. And it's why confidence is actually a stronger predictor of success than confidence alone. Uh, I'll share a story with you. Daniel Nestor, who has won eight Grand Slams and an Olympic gold medal in doubles tennis, was talking to me about how 
early in his career, he really struggled with those moments where he'd get in his head. Like he'd hit a shot, and it's the semifinals at Wimbledon, and as soon as the shot hit the net, he'd start spinning and get mad at himself and more and more frustrated, and all of that negative self-talk actually distracted him from the point. And so he ended up finding it was impacting his play. And what he actually did is he went and saw a sports psychologist to figure out how he could interrupt that negative pattern of thinking that was taking place so that he could get back into the game and focus on the next point, right? And what they did is they created a list of words, keywords that would basically interrupt his pattern and keep him focused on the next point so he wouldn't be spinning in his head. Things like keep your eye on the ball all the way through impact or stay steady, you got this. Whatever those keywords were, they would take that negative self-talk and interrupt it so he could get back in the game. So even for someone like Daniel Nestor, who's won eight Grand Slams and an Olympic gold medal, you see confidence and a crisis in confidence still shows up. It's just how you deal with it. That's the difference, right? That, to me, is how highly successful people engage when they have those moments of just doubt, right? How they get themselves back on track. They focus on building that skill. They focus on building the muscle of confidence. And I want to share a story with you, Betsy, about why, to me, this is just such an urgent topic and why I was just so excited to talk to you about it today. I... I have this unique privilege of speaking with people to hear how they're thinking about their career and what they want to do and their aspirations and how a lack of confidence or a crisis in confidence at times can get in the way of them and where they want to go. And as you know, uh, my son had some medical challenges early on in life that threatened to take his life on, on more than one occasion. And one time in particular, we were up in Vail and it was raining outside and he wanted to go out and play in this fall rain. And as a mom, I'm like, gosh, you go outside, you play in the rain. I bet you could all finish my sentence. You're going to get a cold, right? So I decided to be a cool mom that day and let him go out in the rain and took him outside. And about 200 feet from our door, he just took his jacket off in this pouring rain in the middle of the fall and just started spinning and laughing. And I looked at him and I was like, gosh, what is he doing? And then he took his shirt off and you can see, I know, and it was cold in October and he's spinning there and he's laughing and he's playing in the rain in the fall in Vail, in the mountains. And I said, Preston, you're going to get a cold, buddy. We got to go inside. And he goes, Mom, what if I never get to do this again? And his father was watching up from our condo and ran outside and somehow intuitively knew what was going on. He took his jacket off. He took his shirt off. The two of them were playing in the rain and I just watched it. And for a young kid to understand how magical experiences were and that he didn't want anything like the rain to get in his way changed how I engage with my life. And so we can't let confidence or a lack thereof interrupt what we want to do. We can't put it between us and where we want to go. We have to interrupt it and just choose to build that skill now. It is something that we can work on. And so it's that urgency that I feel all of us need to stop waiting for confidence to come using excuses to get out of things that we don't want to do because we're nervous about it. This is our lives. We're all worthy. We're all valuable. We're all important. I just think we have to show up unapologetically with a grounded sense of, heck yeah, this is my life. I'm not going to let that hold me back any longer. I mean, think of it this way. If you had your younger version of yourself, right? Let's call it five years old sitting in front of you looking at you right now. Would you say the things that you say in your head to that kid when you've screwed up? Probably not. No, no. And no, I, it, I love it. I see like my eight-year-old daughter and she's fearless. And then I look at my other daughter who is equally amazing and slightly less fearless and she's a teenager. And I always think, what's that gap? And then it only sort of exacerbates itself. And I won't share my age, but it is much more than my teenage daughter. And to think, you know, what happens in between where you lose that sort of braveness or the sense that your son had when he's twirling in the rain where you just wish you had it. And to your point, it 
there is some solace that it happens to everyone. It's a human thing, but it is also something that I think is really important that especially as women, but or those supporting women, that we figure out how do we work on our confidence? How do we boost our confidence? What are those things we could be doing for ourselves or for others to really help strengthen that skill? So do you have any thoughts or recommendations on that? I sure do, yeah. And it's interesting when you think about young children, and particularly women. Women actually have lower self-confidence than men, interestingly. Uh, and there's more of a societal impact on that. But if you think about these young girls growing up who used to have this confidence, right, this just like, I can do anything. I mean, how many of us wanted to be Wonder Woman? Right. My arm is up every year (laughs) from age 4 to about age 10. But after that, you start hearing this inner critic in your head. You just do. And maybe it's someone's comment that you internalized and then amplified, and it just continues and continues. And so the first piece of advice I have to adults and parents out there is to figure out how to turn down the volume on the inner critic. Focusing on negative thoughts, it just devastates our productivity and performance. We have to interrupt it, and we have to interrupt it really quickly. I actually acknowledge the presence of that voice when she shows up because that voice is there for life. It's uh, She's got the best of intentions, right? She's just warning <laughs> you that you're going into risky territory. But I shift my focus with music or movement or positive messaging or I dial into an aspect of the work so I can distract myself. I just have to interrupt that pattern because the more you allow that negative voice to play, it actually just starts reverberating and bouncing off the walls and you start feeling sick sometimes even, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, gosh, I just feel so anxious about this. So figuring out how to turn the volume and choosing to turn the volume down on your inner critic, that's number one. Number two, I recommend people build the skill in every single meeting. It's not just like these big presentations where we need to feel confident and projected. If it's a skill and a muscle we have to build, then every time you show up in a meeting, think about the space you're holding. Think about how you're showing up with your body language. Think about whether or not you are speaking and projecting your voice effectively. If you're making eye contact, figure out what you look like at your best and then use that in every single meeting so you can, again, start to build that muscle. So even if you don't feel confident one day, you understand what it looks like to project confidence. Mm -hmm. And that is just a good second we'll take it. If we don't feel like we've got a ton of power that day, we can certainly lean on these tactics to get us through it. And then the third thing I would say, Betsy, take care of your mind and body, exercise, nutrition, meditation, sleep, all these things increase our ability to tolerate the intensity around us. Because if you are a 9 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 on the stress scale, gosh, there just isn't much room left to regulate your emotions when you have a setback or when something frustrates you or something gets in your head. So keeping yourself in high-performance state, I think, is absolutely critical. And finally, you have to have a group of supporters and mentors doesn't have to be family. doesn't even have to be a friend. My mentor was just someone who I used to work with. And it can be hard for us to hear compliments. Women out there, please start listening to the compliments and internalizing them. We, for some reason, just dismiss it. But again, we have to choose to build that sense of confidence. Listen to what your supporters and mentors are saying of why you're great so you can amplify it, so you can lean on it when you're not feeling good about yourself. And having spoken about confidence for the past 20 years, I'm going to make a quick shout out after that one, which is confidence is not arrogance. Arrogance is when you project that you're better than others, right? It comes from that space of, I am better than you. And that's, that's like a huge turnoff. It repels other people. Confidence is when you are at your best. You believe in your capabilities. You may not even know for sure you're going to succeed, but darn it, you're going to give it everything you got. That energy, that's that magnetic energy that people are drawn to. 
I love that. And I'll, uh, I'll probably sit and re-listen to this podcast multiple times so I can write down those. And as you know, I'm a big sticky fan. So I will put some notes on my computer screen, especially for some of the WebExes coming up to just remind myself of some of those sort of tricks and tips to, to keep building that confidence, um, to build that muscle. And, and hopefully I can start to get more sleep as well. Um, so... <laughs> So look, I'm I'm passionate. I know you're passionate, and I know a ton of our listeners are probably pretty passionate about it as well. And that's sort of supporting others, whether that's our colleagues or frankly the people who roll up or report to us. And so, what are some things we can be doing or should be doing um, as managers, as mentors, as leaders to support others in building and cultivating their confidence, or others who may be struggling with it and admit they're struggling with it. You know, how should we be dealing with that and how can we help them? It's a great question because I actually was asked that yesterday. Uh, it can be challenging when you have someone that works for you who you see so much potential yes. in them. Yes. Right? And yeah. they're like, yeah, but I just don't know. I actually see this a lot with women who won't put their name into the hat for another promotion mm. or who don't want to go out and present to certain space because they're second-guessing themselves and their their direct supervisor's like, I'm telling you. You're just head and shoulders above others. You could do this. The first thing I would say is just listen. Listen and be an ally and provide reassurance because someone who's in a space where they're struggling to believe in themselves needs somebody else who's believing in them. Listening, being an ally, providing reassurance. And you can share reading materials. There's a phenomenal book called The Confidence Code, specifically for women, where it talks about the gender differences between how men and women feel as it relates to confidence and, and different tactics to overcome it. But what I find when I'm sharing that with clients, it's reassuring for them to know they're not alone in their experience. Sometimes we think, gosh, I'm struggling with confidence. There's something wrong with me. Right. 100% not. Again, it's a human experience. And that book really crystallized that for me. And the final thing I will say is focus feedback on observable behavior. When you're, when you're working with someone who lacks confidence, you don't stop feedback. Feedback is like a really important mechanism for them to know how I'm doing and what I need to do to increase my performance and enhance my brand. And you have to make sure that stream of information continues, but make sure it's on observable behavior. Sometimes people are told, oh, you lack confidence. That's, I don't know what to do with that, right? It's like, well, thank you. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, actually right. what's happening for me internally. <laughs> But instead, you could say, hey, I notice in meetings you're swinging your chair, spinning your chair. Or I notice in meetings you tend to be more verbose. And so maybe we think about prep. But make it so it's uh, feedback that's on an observable behavior that you can strategize on with them to adjust. So it's not about them as a person. It's about something else they can work on. That is great. And I think it's really helpful uh, as we continue to try to mentor each other and, and mentor those who work with us. So I appreciate that very much. So, so look, you let off this chat giving, giving your own story, and it, it was back earlier in your, your career. And I think a lot of us feel really vulnerable when we're starting something new or we're earlier in our careers or, frankly, when we're in rooms with people who may be more seasoned or more senior than us. And so I really appreciated your, your vulnerability and sort of sharing that story and sharing that how this all impacts all of us. But if you could go back and, and you weren't able necessarily to just make that phone call to your mentor, but you could give yourself some advice uh, as you were starting out your career, what, what would you tell you uh, as it relates to confidence? Yeah, the first thing I would say, which, gosh, I wish somebody had pulled me aside when I was 18 and said this to me, but 
don't wait for confidence to come. I think it was like something I assumed would just show up on a Christmas day with a beautiful bow and I'd open it and then it's like, oh, or I'd go and get my uh, certifications and then I'd go get educated and I'd go do this and that and then it would come. It's just not like that. It's a skill that you have to build. And so don't wait for confidence to come to you. Choose it and strengthen it with daily practice and focus. I think that's the first thing I would say to my younger self. The second thing, particularly as a female, we give and we give and we give and we give and we give. I don't think many of us have learned to ask that well for what we need at home, at work, or from ourselves. And building your own confidence requires that you see your worth, that you understand what you need and you ask for it. And so I would also recommend uh, asking for what you need, whether it's space, whether it's time, whether it's support in an area, whether it's training, whether it's a shot a shot at a big presentation, whatever it might be, ask for what you need. The last thing I would say is remember what you're made of. Life's thrown each of us many a curveball that just hit us in the face. And look, we're still standing. I'm confident we've got this, whatever the next this may be. And so choose to build that muscle of confidence. Lean in from this day forward. You are worth the investment. And uh, and yeah, believe in you. That's great. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to I'm going to start working on continuing to to build my confidence in that and others and quiet some of the voices uh, that kind of give the negative feedback in the meetings um, and work on my power pros and work on uh, being comfortable dancing in the rain with with a shirt on, though. Um, But... um, Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights, Christina. It is always such a pleasure to learn from you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into Davida Pow, the Power of Women podcast series. We hope you walk away with a bit of inspiration in your day and can find a nugget or two in these wise words from Christina that work for you or someone on your team. This is Betsy McCubrey thanking you for leading with your hearts and understanding the power of Davida women. 